Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If this recording is an utter disaster, it's because you've forgotten everything. No, no, no. We've, we've However, do. you didn't miss the train, which when I woke up at <laughs> seven o'clock this morning, I thought we're supposed to start recording at 10. There's no way on this earth she's actually going to arrive at 10. So I'll we'll stay in bed. And then I message you and say, what time train are you getting? You're like, I'm on the train. I'll be there in half an hour. And I'm like, oh my God, I get dressed. So well-oiled machine, people. Well-oiled. Should we make a podcast? Come on, let's make a podcast. Let's make a podcast. The numbers are going up. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors. The podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And I'm Sophie Robinson. And I'm here to ask you, why not become a friend of The Great Indoors? Because our insiders enjoy many benefits. From ad-free listening, a weekly newsletter which has helpful links to products mentioned in the show and access to our secret address book, as well as extra bonus episodes and regular live webinars. That's right, for less than a pound a week, you can show us your love and support for the show and we will promise in return to put your subscription towards improving the podcast, creating even more content and nurturing our lovely community. So to find out more and start enjoying the benefits today, visit thegreatindoorspodcast.com. And talking about our insiders, this is actually the first chance we've had to mention the first ever podcast design trip since we got back from Milan and Venice. Yeah, we don't want to give you too much FOMO and we're aware we've been back a couple of weeks already. But I tell you what, Kate, I'm only just coming back down to earth. I mean, it was epic, wasn't it? I mean, I had a hint. I will never not laugh at us trying to wade across the Piazza San Marco in the floodwater. I mean, it was well over ankle deep and then trying <laughs> to bend down to put on the plastic wellies that were miraculously for sale everywhere as soon as the waters rose. I mean, there was nothing to hold on to. I can't, I can't stand on one leg and fight my way into a well anymore. I'm too old for that kind of caper. I mean, the highlight for me, I guess, I mean, I'd never been to Venice. You know it quite well. But what an absolutely awe-inspiring, mind-bendingly magical place it was. If I was going to pick a highlight, it might, <laughs> might be the food. I've never eaten so much pasta, but it was so good. Oh, it's of a different order, isn't it? <laughs> Italian pasta. So we, of course, had all sorts of intentions to do permanent recording and you know all this kind of thing obviously we were basically having too much fun but we did manage to do a little recording of us in a gondola so here's a little flavor of our venice trip Shall for we you remind ourselves so here we are this is the great indoors podcast live from a gondola outdoors well that's the indoors and we're outdoors we're on a gondola yep. in venice <laughs> got a very uh, handsome italian with a big pole that's you got to have your money's worth yeah you got to have your money's worth motoring us along and we've, what we're seeing architecturally, it's really interesting, isn't it? What I love about this is sort of, there seems to be a rejoicing in the decay. Like, you know, I'm looking at a building with the plasters falling off and yeah. the stone is all kind of like crumbling away and the doors are peely and the shutters are all a different colour. Do you think that's the thing in Venice? Like, it's Well, you all, do wonder how it all stays together, don't you? 
yeah. because and the, the beautiful sort of classic colours of faded terracotta with green shutters and some of the architecture is quite sort of gothic and Moorish in design yeah. and then on the front we saw a hotel that was quite 50s and brutalist what's that over there Kate what I can't my neck with doesn't the, go that way round with the lovely sort of marbled oh St Mark's Square St Mark's Piazza Square the double pillars yes the sky is blue oh and I just want everyone to know that Kate was in a bubblegum pink plastic poncho last night and I was here for it and we have photographs. you were not there evidence. for it actually because you got lost oh turns yeah, out yes I got lost yeah yeah, what happened? There was this torrential thunderstorm, and all our Google Maps went haywire. So I couldn't find Kate last night. Oh, Kate, we're about to go under a bridge. We are about to go under a bridge. Yes. Oh, happy memories. That was so much fun. We have to do it again. <laughs> we will hopefully do something again next year. Now to the show. A couple of weeks ago, we did our seasonal roundup of the best new interiors books. That was episode 129, which aired on... 19th of October. The 19th of October, for anyone who missed it. But there were so many good books out this year that we've had to split it into two parts. So today, we are looking at four more fantastic interiors books. And while it might be too early... I mean, is it too early to mention the C word? There's a lot of C word action going on out there at the moment. (laughs) I will say that books make great presents. So first up, what have we got? We have got, first up, a book called All Up In My Space, How to Decorate With Feeling by Emma Hopkinson, a.k.a. The Crap Flat, and Robin Donaldson, Around Robin. Those are their Instagram handles. And I thought this was an interesting idea because it's one of the first books I've seen that is absolutely based on decorating according to your mood or your personality, or how you want to feel. And I know we we all talk about the importance of that, but I haven't seen a book which takes that as a starting point. I think a lot of the interiors books start from more practical ways and then say, by the way, it's about how you want to feel. I don't know, you're bound to disagree with me. But I'm opening the book, so you can hear my creaky noises. And for me, I was immediately drawn in. Maybe that's just how I'm feeling at the moment. But the chapters are called Nourish, Connect, Relax, Rest, Indulge. I'm like, well, I'm in. I I don't know (laughs) what you're telling me. (laughs) I want all of the above in my house right now. I'm in. So I thought that was an interesting take on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because it is a lot of tried and tested design advice in there. What I found, if I can have a look, flick through the book, what I just wanted to highlight, which I found quite... Okay, so first of all, this is a reader, not a flicker. I think we should just get that out of there. Oh, it's yes. So Sophie's from... less keen already. <laughs> I'm challenged, shall we put it? There's not... Um, any photography there's some illustrations so it's very very copy heavy and all I just wanted to highlight by the time I got to page 26 we'd covered the color wheel with color theory we covered pattern we covered how to do your shopping what tools you need for decorating your house and how to do a mood board and I, I don't know okay you're a tired it's <laughs> like I haven't done a tractor yet yes <laughs> It's, it's, there's a lot going on. It is quite full on. But the other thing I liked about it, obviously it's written by the two of them and Emma and Robin are friends in real life and their first book they wrote together actually was was about grief and, and is a completely different subject. But they have acknowledged in this book, they have 
a very different approach to how they live and interior design. So Emma is absolutely an introvert. She likes things calm. She doesn't want too much going on. Robin is an extrovert. She wants lots of stimulation. She she wants more, more, more in her interior design. And I mean, you know, well, I know another couple that are a bit I like that. I was about to say, somebody nicked our shtick. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody, somebody's put the time in to write the shtick. We just talk about it. But it's, it's, it's an a, interesting thought, angle though, isn't it? That Because I think a lot of people might find this in their friendships or indeed their partnerships, that you've got one person who needs a feeling in a space of retreat and calm and quiet. He's also a renter, which is really interesting. Yes, key and point. And then you've got Robin, who is a sort of serial fixer-upper and, as you said, a sort of fellow Maximus. So it's quite, I suppose, if you are partnered in life, with one of the opposing opposites. This could be quite an interesting read. And and let's be honest, this is certainly for me one of the questions I'm most often asked is how Mm. do I get my partner to agree? How do I bring someone on board? So, you know, that's quite a nice idea to understand perhaps what your styles are. See, I couldn't Um, get past page 26. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just scuffer? That's because there were words to read. (laughs) On page 58, people, 58... Um, there's an example of what they've done in the book to help you, you know, find your way through with with a partner. They've got these quizzes which are quite fun, and it's called Getting Quizzy With It. Are you okay with that? Um, well, <laughs> I just wasn't going to bring that up, but there are quizzes, and they're not invaluable. So, for example, question one, when you get to the kitchen, picture yourself in the kitchen at home. What are you doing? A, sorry, can't answer, I've got £10 on, don't understand the recipe, and I'm on the phone. Oh, yeah, that's me. Right. B, it's Sunday, I'm listening to my favourite classical playlist while I make the ultimate Korean breakfast bun. Who are those people? (laughs) I don't know whether I want to meet them. C, I'm baking. I saw a recipe I wanted to try on Pinterest, so I'm giving it a go for a friend's birthday. That's my son's girlfriend. (laughs) D, I've got dinner on for everybody while I note down the shopping list for tomorrow. See, I'm a bit D. So, and then you go into, you know, mostly A's, mostly B's, and you can find out, oh, I'm a Scandi snacker. And I'm a munch-along maximalist. There you go. Well, it's right. (laughs) So, you know, it's fun, but it's it's not unuseful. And I think if you're not sure where to start it can be quite a good way to to get you going Mm. so this book with a little blurb on the front page from someone not a million miles away it's not you it's me me. I have said at last a book that gives proper weight to the vital role our homes play in our mental well-being and I think I think that's right it's all about the feeling it's called all up in my space by Emma Hopkinson and Robin Donaldson so book one done who do you want to do next Book two. Well, I don't know. What have I written in the script? Oh, should we go for the oh, big weighty? Yes. This is a absolute. This is a. Can brick. you hear the thud of the books down on our desk? Our desk. It's my desk. Your desk. You're renting a corner. <laughs> I have given her the comfy chair, though. You have. And yeah. It is very comfy. I think, I'm frankly, impressed. it's easier over Zoom. But anyhow, you're here now. <laughs> <laughs> now, this book is called Livable Lux by Brigitta Romanek, who is an American interior designer who I don't want to say she's best known for because that might be insulting to her, but she is known for doing Gwyneth Paltrow's house. 
and the foreword to the book was written by Gwynny. Yes, with a, with a lovely picture of her. Now I've got lying to say, on her modular sofa. This is a beautiful book. I've this is a flicker, not the, a reader. I've got a problem with the title. Livable Lux. I feel they've spelt it wrong. It's been spelt perhaps the American way. L I V A B L E. How would we spell it then? L I V E A B L E. Ah. So I just so might it's have Livable Lux. Livable Lux. Anyhow, if you can get past the, sp- the spelling, or even if you're American and you think that's correct, it's a stunning book. So it's not, this is not going to tell you how to do it but it's going to show you some gorgeous pictures it's how the other half live this book isn't it i mean it's it's californian style which i think has a particular look what i found refreshing though is for anybody out there who's addicted to sun selling sunset like i am you don't watch it no i don't watch it oh i love a bit of selling sunset it's my dirty secret that's set in la and all these bling houses are always white white on white on white this is a book bursting with color and texture and beautiful materials and fantastic art so the the interior really pop off the page don't they but it's still that Californian cool what I thought was interesting is it's it's rare for me that I'm going to sing the praises of a book where I might not learn anything you know I like Mm. I like a book that's going to give me information but I have to say as I sat here I mean now now the weather's going to make a liar of me because the sun's out but when I first opened this book it was a grey London day it was pouring with rain and it was just lovely to have that escapism of flicking through these gorgeous double page spreads of, you know, light filled big rooms. I mean, this is the thing about California, you know, if I don't I'm not sure that Brigitta does small, tiny flats. She does big houses and they've got lots of windows and big houses for people with big pockets. Yeah, and there's massive sofas and you can just I don't know, I found it quite calming because you can think, Oh look at that chair, I could just sit in that, I feel I feel calmer. So it's it, so you're saying it provided a bit of escapism from your drizzly yes. North London yeah. <laughs> terraced house. Essentially. You were just like languishing like Gwyneth on your enormous oversized modular sofa in your designer garb. But there was a line she brought out in it where she says, I am not an art critic. I'm not an authority. I simply know what I like. And that's honestly all you have to know. And I thought there was a really good lesson in there because I think particularly when it comes to art and one of the books we reviewed in the previous book's review was about how to buy and collect and hang art in your home. And I think a lot of people feel very daunted by, you know, are they going to be judged for having good taste? Are people going to criticise their... Art collection is a very big word, but, you know, we live now, so many of us, on social media. We are sharing our clothes our homes, our sort of internal selves. And so that puts us open to criticism. And I thought that was just a really nice line to take from this book. If you like it, have the confidence to like it. You don't have to be an expert. And if you're worried about being judged, then don't share it. This is a book based on interiors that most of us will will never even visit, never mind live in. Yeah. And yet there is some valid inspiration in that. Do you want can I on the subject of art, can I share something that I that tickled me greatly about this book? Yes. So she opens up with these lovely double page spreads of her own home. Oh, which, which is, is incredible. Amazing. Which was featured in Architectural Digest and it's gorgeous. And 
she uses a lot of white throughout the space, which is very typical, isn't it, of sort of And I think it works in California. Yeah. Yeah. And then on this centre page spread that I'm looking at the moment, there's white modular sofa, white walls, a giant tree in the middle of the room, because that's absolutely what you have. And then quite a striking piece of artwork here, this blue sort of abstract figurative picture of a face. Yeah. Then, as I was flicking... What? Halfway through the book. What? That painting popped up again in somebody else's <laughs> house. <laughs> in one of her clients' projects. Oh, that is funny. And I was reminded of a talk I went to at Decorex recently with um, Mary Graham, Miss Elveston and Graham. Oh, yes. And they were discussing how they photograph their clients' houses. Yeah. And, how, and somebody in the audience said, what do you do if you don't like... You know, if you design a beautiful home for someone, but you don't always like their personal objects that go in at the end, yeah. and you've got to photo, photograph, it. photograph it for your portfolio. And Mary goes, oh, no, I don't have a problem. I strip down all their paintings and artwork if I don't like them, and I put my own art up for the photographs, and I switch it back again. Brilliant. And I was like, busted! <laughs> Brigitte, Brigitte, we have busted you. I've got a question, though. Yeah. The question is... Did, is the artwork hers that she's lent to the client or has she nicked it from the client for her <laughs> photo shoot? Yeah, exactly. But it's quite a striking piece of artwork, yeah. isn't it? Which is why I spotted it. Anyway, that tickled me greatly. It did. But it's, um, a, it's a lovely... But I mean, this is a book that would make a lovely present, actually, because I could just imagine flicking through it and dreaming of lovely spaces. What I did love... There's so many pictures I can't find the copy. Anyway, it was Gucci and Gap and it was all about how you mix higher and, and well, and that's end. really worth knowing. So she's as well, got this amazing it? coffee table in her own living room, which she said is covered with about eighty different vases, blue and white. Vases. Hold, hold, hold on, row back. A coffee table big enough for 80 vases. Yeah, there's wow. loads of them. And she talks about how her kids are always playing like soccer and jumping around, blah, blah, blah. But she says because she buys all these vases from thrift stores and charity shops. Oh, and she they doesn't just, mind. She doesn't mind when they get broken. Which I, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, inconvenient of smashing up broken china constantly. Well, and but it's, 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 but I like the down to earth, albeit it. slash Californian approach. Because I was looking as Sophie was flicking through the book talking and she had it open on the double page spread with the tree. And I was thinking, you know, that's beautiful. Don't we all want an indoor tree? And then I thought, well, she's got a dog and I've got a cat and that earth would be all over the floor yes, in seconds. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there is a very beautiful dog in some of the pictures, but I don't know whose it is. Yes, I don't know whether that's her. Oh, dog this is or... it. Gucci meets Gap. There, there you go. go. I call it my Gucci meets Gap approach. Let me explain. My living room is where my kids have skateboarded, played tag, had parties, chased our dogs, and our dogs have chased them back. All true. I love that that was happening in the house. I never shouted them for it to stop. I shouted to tell them to go faster. Like it. I'm not sure I entirely believe her. I'm going to say, if you buy the book and have a look at that interior, I mean, you know, maybe it's all part of the Californian livable, laid-back, luxe living. But, you know, if I had a sitting room like that, I would not be encouraging my kids to skateboard around it. But she goes on to say, one of my favourite things in my living room is my white coffee table, where there are many, many small Chinese vases resting on top. And I'll throw tall flowers in a few of the vases for an even more of a statement. She says, it looks like a million bucks, but between you and me... And now our entire podcast audience. Yes. The most expensive vase is about $10. So that's in total about $180. She says, yes, the vase was broken by ball being thrown for Rufus, but it wasn't a big deal. And I have reserves in one of my many kitchen cabinets. Oh, it's and a different go. world, Kate. It's a different world. What are we she's, talking about? She's got a whole <laughs> kitchen cupboard of spare, spare. vases <laughs> for when her kids break them. Come on, moving on.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, now we are going to speak about a book by the winner of Interior Design Masters, don't know which series, series three, I believe. Series three Banjo Beal. <laughs> Sorry, Banjo, I couldn't help oh, it. It's Australian. Great. I love Banjo. That was horrific. Okay, we won't do that. Banjo. Banjo Bale. Banjo. Yes, so this is about yes. as far from California as you can get. Banjo's book is called Wild Isle Style. Resourceful oh, and... Oh, go on, have another go at that. No. Wild Isle Style. Wild Isle Style. Wild... I'm trying to say it without falling over the words. Wild Isle Style. Resourceful and sustainable interior design ideas. And the reason it's a long way from the livable lux of California is that Banjo lives on the Isle of Mull, which is somewhere up north, go to the top of Scotland, fall off the edge, you'll turn up in Mull. And I believe he is or was, you know him, because he's a cheese... Does he make cheese? No, his husband or partner is a cheese maker. And what's really lovely about the book, especially the intro, is you really get into this extraordinary... This extraordinary life that the pair of them have created for themselves on this tiny island. But in terms of a design book, what what is an interesting angle to come at it from is, he says, because he lives on this island, like you say, Scotland. Yeah. He has to be really resourceful because he can't just pop down to the high street and pick up, you know, another blue and white vase because... Because the dogs knocked it over. Well, yeah. So you have to really make do and mend and be creative with very limited resources. There aren't like incredible streets full of antique shops, flea markets, as I've already talked about, the high street stores. Well, and he says, he says in the intro, which I rather love, living on an island is Marie Kondo's worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Not only do we keep things that spark joy, but we also keep things that could spark joy in 10 years time from rusty windows to wobbly warped wood um and so yes it's the absolute opposite you've it, it's make do and men so it's sustainable just from the start it's almost he's not that he's setting out to be sustainable in a contrived way mm. that's where he lives that's what he has to do we're not going to talk too much about banjo because we have managed to get him and since the television show he's now got his own show yes. he's got a book he's super super busy but we have managed to pin him down to 20 minutes in each Sussex in a couple of weeks and we're going to be interviewing him for our Christmas episode we'll get into more of his backstory and yeah. more about how he ended up on the Isle of Mull in the first place because that's all fascinating and it is all covered in the book so aside from banjo's personal story and rise to fame this book also has some great design tips it's interesting because i remember watching that series of interior design masters and i felt right from the first episode that he was really interesting and he had some good Mm. ideas and had a different approach but there was a great quote and actually the book kind of fell open on this and it's a quote from arthur ash who was a tennis player and you think well it's a bit random but this is brilliant for interiors start where you are use what you have do what you can Mm. like it and you know you can't ask for anybody to 
do more oh than God, what they I'm can. I'm going to print that and stick it up somewhere where I can look at it. Typography is a different <laughs> conversation, can I put people. put it on a post-it note? Is that loud? You can put it on a post-it note on your fridge. <laughs> but tell me more about this book. So I suppose in terms of aesthetics, it's really great for those people out there who love vintage, who love upcycling, who love recycling, who love quite an antiqued, rustic vibe because that's very much banjo's thing and again working from quite a limited palette of stuff there's there's not a lot of new stuff in here is no it? and so that's really kind of lovely celebrating the old but making it new he is a absolutely deeply creative soul and i think that's what made him a star on the tv show is he's so innovative and original he's not copying anyone else he's completely doing it his own way and he is obviously Super, super, super talented. So what's nice about this book is you get an insight into how he does it. Yeah. This is not like I do this because I like it. We're really getting under yeah. the skin of some clever design ideas. And there's an interesting line I've got where he says, you know, when you're faced with a million and one decisions, obviously it's overwhelming. We've all been there. So the sort of headline of that is be your own client. Because on the TV show, you don't get to meet your client. No, you that's You just get true. a brief. He said he started conjuring up who his mystery client was going to be. And he says when he's even designing for himself, he says, if you're anything like me, you can be your toughest client. It's sometimes difficult to trust your own advice. I can walk into any room of any client and immediately know what to do. But when it comes to my own house, I'm undone. So one way to tackle this is to invent yourself an imaginary client see i love having yeah, yeah. this this could be your alter ego a literary or film character or a completely made up person he's then got which i think is a really nice way we spoke in the last book episode about matthew williamson's very colorful book and the the questionnaires that he gives to his clients and they were quite practical questions and banjos is rather lovely the first question he asks a client is What makes you smile in a home? Is it sunshine through the windows, a breakfast nook, a cosy corner or a comfy sofa? I love that. Can I have all of those things, please? Yeah, of course you can. I just, that's such a nice question. And it's, again, it comes back to that book of Robin and Emma's. Yeah, it's very emotional, isn't it? We're not talking about feeling enough in interior design. Mm. And, you know, so both in different ways, both Emma and Robin and Banjo have identified that as as a key part. And then he says, how do you live currently? And how would future you love to live? in your home and that's a really nice idea as well because you can sort of then project well actually I work from home so or I want to work from home more so I'm going to need a really comfy place to sit or I'm going to need a desk you know if I'm going to be at my desk all the time I want my desk to be by a window so how can you achieve that so it's it's very emotionally based but I think that's really important another one I'm going to ask you this Mm. question Sophie what was the last space that wowed you from a hotel to a restaurant toilet oh St Mark's Basilica in Venice oh oh okay 150 square meters of gold mosaic tiles I was like that's aspirational isn't it right let's keep an eye out on Sophie's Instagram (laughs) for her soon to be decorated future Sophie downstairs loo yes Yes, gold mosaic tiles. Yeah, all right, Amazing. there we go. Well, the next question, timely then. Do you have a budget in mind? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, a rough 
guesstimate of how much you're willing to spend for your gold-plated downstairs loo. I think the thing for me about this book, which makes it unique to all the other millions and trillions of design books that I've collected over the years, is this idea of vernacular design that he goes into. Now, vernacular design... I don't don't know what that means. Well, no, I was going to say, interior designers like to drop that every now and then because it makes it sound ever so knowledgeable, doesn't it? The design vernacular. And they also talk about materiality. You mean the stuff you're using? Well, shall I tell you what vernacular design is? Because this is kind of, I think a real axis point of Banjo's design philosophy. He says it's not a new concept, but it's one worth looking at as we get swamped by trends, the proliferation of ready-to-hang materials and mass-produced products, usually at the expense of our planet and our wallets. He goes on to say vernacular architecture is a term used to categorise design that uses locally available materials and resources and traditional building methods to address local design needs. Factors such as regional climate, available natural resources, construction skills and cultural heritage all contribute to how buildings have been designed in different areas. And he says he'll go on to unpack where to shop, forage and collect in the following chapters. But you should be looking at the materials of your home and the materials available to Mm. you to spark off your design project. And I thought that back to basics approach, and obviously he gets into, we can dig into more of this when we interview him as well, and how that might manifest in your own home decor. Well, I'm going to say you you might get more variety on the Isle of Mull than I'm getting from a North London pavement, which is quite <laughs> concrete. But yes, the, I mean, the well, idea here, fits. Here. You get different coloured bricks, don't you? So in Cheshire, you get that very pretty natural pink brick. And in London, we have the London stock, which is yellower. So absolutely, you get... There are different materials according to where you live. So he's saying lean into that. Yeah, lean into that. And I think can also be inspired by what's around you. I've very much done this in my own home and I talk about it a lot, being inspired by the Sussex countryside yeah. around my house and the fact that I live in a tile-hung farmhouse. So I'm not going to do parakeets and parrots in my home because it doesn't fit with yes. what's around. So it is bringing in, for me, more rustic textures Although, and materials. weirdly, because I live in London and there is an explosion of parakeets, which I believe yes, the I Victorians should... brought into Kew Gardens and I see them now in North London in the tree by my house, I could totally you go. And I have a couple of magpies living, so I could go lime green and black and white and reference the birds I love that in idea. my garden. I want to see that next time. I yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, but, but I could. I could if I wanted to. So, yeah, do do look out for that uh, interview that we do with the Banjo. I can't wait to... Uh, to get more into his amazing mind. Right, last book of this episode. Oh, it's another biggie. This book is Farrow and Ball, and it's called How to Redecorate. And for anybody who bought the original, I've got... Have you got the original? I've got the original, which came out in 2015. And mine is so well-thumbed, this is an opportunity to buy the updated version. And it does come with new pictures and new content too. And this has been written by Just at Home and Charlie Crosby, who are the colour curator and creative director of Farrenball, which is, it's just an, first and foremost, I think this book is an amazing celebration of an incredible British success story. Farrenball have just bought colour and paint and design to not just the UK, but all around the globe. It's and amazing, I, isn't it? says, Joa writes in the intro, Farron Ball was founded 75 years ago. And obviously the original book, How to Decorate, was in 2015. But they wanted to do an updated version to reflect, actually, over the last eight years, how much... Mm certainly the UK has embraced colour and pattern and I think Farron Ball now do much more wallpaper than they did eight years ago. Well she talked about 
2015 was still in the clutches of a decade of grey, wasn't it? Yes, and, um, There was right. lots in the last book. There was lots of colour in the last book, but there was a lot on how to blend your different grey tones together. And they've kind of moved on from that and in- actually included a whole new chapter where you can get more creative with paint. So yeah. it's not just about, here's what to do on the ceiling, here's what to do on the skirts, here's what to do on your doors and architraves, which is all very useful stuff. And it covered in the first book. And I reread it on the train this morning and it's still, I was like, oh, it's good to be reminded of yeah. this. Still really Um, valid. But then this other chapter that they've created, which is about being a little bit more creative, colour blocking, creating different effects with bold colour. So if you've got the first book, I definitely think it's it's worth the upgrade. And if you haven't got either book, now's the time to get in. Anyone serious about decorating, whether you're in the interior design profession or you're doing a renovation yourself, there is such great, valuable knowledge in here. Because Joa, as she said, she's been working for Farrenball very, very long time, 25 years. Well, she reckons she does 5,000 rooms a year. Yeah, I, I think that was extraordinary. Crack on, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> what so, I like so what this book does is it mines all that incredible knowledge and experience and very cleverly breaks it down in a... Ve- For me, there's a lot of words in here, but there's also a lot of pictures. It's the perfect blend. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Farrenball have got the most incredible picture library. Yeah. So, I mean, just looking through the pictures is amazing. But what they've done, which I really like, is they break up the pages with print on sort of brown paper, like for want of a better paper, word. Yes, and it's and that's the sort of useful information. So they've got here a section on colour combinations. And this, I think, is where Farrenball, they started actually on Instagram doing colour combinations, didn't they? And now all the paint companies are doing it, talking Mm. to camera. So you can just flick through and you can go, right, you can have dead salmon, preference red and shadow white. And they tell you why that's a combination that might work and how you might use it. Or you can have red earth, stir about and tanner's brown. Obviously, you don't have to follow those prescriptions, but... They tend to do three colours, so it'll be a wall, a woodwork and a ceiling. And it just gives you a starting point. Well, that's kind of like a good quick fire index, isn't it? But actually, the book does go into explaining why certain colours go together. So if you really want to educate yourself, you can you can read all about that. I mean, my sort of favourite part that I like to go back to, because it's just the one thing that I find the hardest, is picking the perfect white. Well, I oh, get, funny you have that. It pains me to pick the perfect yeah. white. And they did a whole piece... <laughs> We both put a post-it note note in in that double-page spread. But it's also understanding why Farrenball do so many different whites. I do use their white. I mean, I must say... You like... Is it white tie? Well, this is the thing. So you can't just pick a white. No. Because it depends what the white goes with. So that's what great... Joa really explains this, of why certain whites work with very bold, bright, dark colours, and you'll use a different white for a soft, warm colour. So you can really get into the nitty-gritty with that. And then what white does... So, for example, I was thinking of my hallway, which has got this very strong lapis blue, and I've put quite a hard, clean white with that, which has created a really high contrast, which I particularly enjoy. But the effect, as Jo has explained in the book, is it will make the blue look darker because the contrast with the bright white intensifies the colour of the blue. But I quite like that. So it's all understanding the different effects that the different tones of white are going to have with your wall colour. But but equally, they've made it very easy for you because uh, this is an alphabetical. It's it's A to Y because their their Ys are yellow ground, 
London, yay bridge green. So there's no Z as yet. Maybe they can work on that. Um, but there's a colour I love under P called Pigeon, which is a sort of, it doesn't it's actually like look like, it's gray, a greeny grey. And in some lights it's greener and in some lights it's grey. It's a very beautiful colour. And it does look lovely with I'm going to say a white, but then, of course, which white? And you could drive yourself insane trying to find the right which white. Which I have done. So they've gone pigeon slash schoolhouse white, which oh, is nice. a, a warm, off the top of my head, it's a warm, slightly creamy white, mm-hmm. will warm up the greyness and bring out the green. And so it's a that's a really good way of taking the agonising out of it because you can pick the colour you want for your wall, whether it's pink ground or London clay or mole's breath and then you don't have to panic about the ceiling because you can just look it up and go oh okay I want pink ground that'll be Wimborne white I've had that in my last house (laughs) nice combination (laughs) lovely so you know that as a sort of cheat sheet for want of a better word is great we can't leave Farrow and Ball without talking about the names and you know it may Uh. have been done before (laughs) but they do have a little chapter I didn't realise as well that that's very much what Jo has brought to the whole thing was the names and she said she had no idea that it was going to become such a huge part of the brand as it were that that, that they would all be be no, you know she said like elephant's breath mole's breath I mean we all know about dead salmon well dead salmon if you didn't know I mean obviously that's one of the most sort of famous names that pops up in school quizzes all, all over the world <laughs> I think but the reason that it's called dead salmon is not to do with dead fish it's not to do the name is derived from a painting bill found for the decorating of the library at Kedleston Hall Derbyshire in 1805 salmon being the colour dead referring to the completely matte paint finish rather than a deceased fish (laughs) and there's another little page later on where they talk about the other colours and there's a new colour Farrow and Ball put out recently called Bamboozle which is a sort of orangey red it's a gorgeous colour and it says this spirited flame red is full of buccaneering spirit and takes its name from the word originally used to describe the deceit of pirates when they ran the wrong flag to trick other ships. Ah, they were bamboozling. They were bamboozling people. <laughs> so it's lovely, this book. I mean, mm. this, this is, it's a beautiful gift, but it's also for anyone who's interested, it's just a really good reference book to have in your life. I think it's an absolute I think it's a fabulous must book. have to anybody yeah. serious about design. And you'll, like me, go back to it again and again and again and again until the front cover falls off and spine disintegrates it's, I would hope. it's and it's 35 pounds but it's packed with information yes. so absolutely that's a good one oh well that completes our part two of a roundup of design books i hope you found something that inspires you i certainly have don't forget we'll be back next week all that remains is a big thank you to our producer sarah cudden of feast collective and of course our lovely listeners and we'll see you in the great indoors 